We come to our last in our series of Crash the Chatterbox, talking about how we can hear God's voice above all the, the stuff that goes on in the back of our minds. Um, that in our minds we have this constant um, barrage of little voices keep talking to us and that through that it's hard to, to hear the voice of God. And so we've heard so far that part of um, hearing God's voice through the chatterbox is recognising a few things. First is that God not only loves us, but likes us. So all those things, all those voices in our head that belittle us, we can say, no, God actually likes me and loves me, and that's the foundation for my identity. The second thing is we get scared of thinking of if I step out in faith, what will happen? What if this? What if that? And knowing that God is with us no matter what helps us to step out. And last week we heard about how sometimes our past failures can hold us back because we condemn ourselves and we think, you know, I'm a failure. But we, part of um, responding to that, God says that on the cross through Jesus, he has set us free from all condemnation, that every day is a new day of Christ so that we can start our lives again. And this week we're talking about discouragement. That as we do this, as we keep going, that sometimes we find it hard and we get discouraged. Now discouragement is the culmination of repeated disappointment. We get discouraged when we get disappointed, not just once, not just twice, but three, four, five, six times. And then we start to get discouraged. And we get disappointed when what we expect and what we actually get are different. And we experience disappointment. You know what it's like when um, you buy the latest thing and your expectation that's going to be so wonderful is up here and then after a while you realise it's only down here. And you get disappointed. And so often in our life we can do that. We can think, you know, we're going to host the party and it's going to be so fantastic and everything's going to be wonderful. Our expectation is up here and then the reality might be here. And we're disappointed. So disappointment comes from our own expectations of what we think. So in our walk with God, part of the problem is that sometimes we have a, an unwritten expectation that somehow if we're doing the right thing, if we're doing all this work, we're you know, knowing that God loves us, if we're stepping out in faith, if we're not worried about being condemned, if we're doing what God wants, that somehow our lives will be happy and um, great and fantastic and nothing will go wrong for us. And of course, the reality is not like that. You know, sometimes we have almost this unwritten bargain. God, if I do everything you want, then I shouldn't have to worry about everything. You'll just look after me and nothing will ever go wrong in my life. And of course, we know life is not like that. So how we think about what it means to follow God um, impacts our expectation. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, had a great way of talking about this. And he talks about this analogy of God's treasure in earthen jars. Now, in the first century Mediterranean, these, I don't know if you've seen on the, on the archaeological programs, like big pottery jars, they have from small ones to massive ones, all made out of clay. And they use these jars to store and carry everything from wine to olive oil to, to grain. They were the number one um, storage thing, these jars of clay. And they were fantastic. Except anyone who knows has got a um, J sorry, a clay jar, knows that they can be easily chipped, broken and fractured. And so Paul had this analogy that our lives are a bit like this. 
And he said, For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. It was shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he's talking about, and this sounds good, so God shines in his glory into our hearts through Jesus, that we shine with the glory of God. Sounds fantastic. But then he goes on to the next part. But, but, we have this treasure of the glory of God in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be also made visible in our bodies. What I'm saying, it goes like this. We have the glory of God in us, but we are broken people. And things happen. But this light doesn't allow us to be broken. We can be um, no hardship, but as he says, those, those things, we can be afflicted, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. God's glory shines in and through us, even in the dark times. And through that, God gives us, God uses us to show his glory to everyone else. So how we think about our Christian life is important. So don't let what you expected keep you from what God wants you to experience. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to, to talk about in this. We've been talking about this chatterbox, about how um, all this voice is going on in our head, and we've been talking about different ways we can, can combat that. But part of the realisation of our expectation is you cannot ever defeat the chatterbox. You cannot get to a place when it goes away. It will always be there in some form or another. But you can overcome it daily. I know once when I was working with a young adult who came to this realisation and said, well, that's terrible. What's the point? I do all this hard work, but I never, ever get through it to the end. But the point is that we can either live under the chatterbox or each day we can overcome it and find God's freedom. I just want to give you one example which the guy talks about in this book. After Mother Teresa died, um, they released her letters and her, to her spiritual director in her journal. And he said it was amazing some of the things she wrote. Now, Mother Teresa, the standout saint of the 20th century, she did amazing things. But she had periods, if you look through her letters, weeks, even months, whether she questioned whether God really did love her, whether she was doing enough for God, whether indeed she was doing the right thing at all or making any difference. And you think, if Mother Teresa, one of the greatest saints of the 20th century, can go through that same stuff, what chance have we got of escaping it? But then you realise the second thing. If Mother Teresa went through weeks and months of experiencing that, and yet, look what God did through her that even through the darkness and the hard times, God shone in her 
in a powerful way. Our expectation is not that the chatterbox will go away or they will ever disappear. Though there may be months or weeks when it recedes into the background and everything seems to be going great and we're having a great time in our lives. But then there will come days and weeks when it's there and it's hard work and it's a battle every day to overcome it. But it's knowing that even in that process of overcoming, in the struggles, God is still there shining through us. God's light in clay jars through us. One of the things we can do is change our expectations. To experience less disappointment, let go of your expectations and trust what God does. So often when we get on a house, we're thinking that God wants us to do A or B or C. We think that God wants us to do that for a particular reason. And so we then get set on the results we're looking for. It's going to give you some um, few examples of that. For instance, as you know, most weeks I'm up here preaching a message. Now, a lot of work goes into that. You might not think it, but it actually does. So there's a lot of reading, thinking about what God might want to say, thinking about stories, thinking about examples, thinking about how I'm going to say it in a way, how I'm going to lead in, how I'm going to lead out. And sometimes, you know, I think I have this great idea. I think God really spoke to me. He wants me to preach this message, do all this research, come up with this stuff, get some great PowerPoints, have some good stories. And I get up here and I preach it and I think, this is good. I'm saying exactly what God wants me to do. And then I finish and I go outside and nothing. It's like, didn't make any difference at all. And then other weeks, when I've been really stressed, not much time, and I'm just strung together, you know, the things that I'm just trying to think, oh, I'll think, say this, this, and this. And then the night before, I'm up with sick kids and I'm tired. I'm, and then I'm up here and I'm preaching. And then halfway, I think, geez, I'm babbling. I better shut up before they get rid of me. And then... I finish up, and someone will come to me outside and go, you know, that was amazing what you said. God really spoke to me through that. Then you think, well, you know, I put all this hard work in, do my best, can't see any result, do hardly anything, and God uses it. How does that work? I mean, the temptation is to go, well, every week I'll just do no work and just hope that God does something. But that's not the right thing to do. The, the point is, I know God is calling me to do the best that I can. But how God uses that is up to him. So I have to let go of my expectations, of what I think God should use me for, how I want it to be received, how I want the impact to be felt. I have to let go of that and say, God, I think you're calling me to do this. How you use it and what you do with it, though, are entirely up to you. Another story. I remember someone telling me that um, there's this person at their work who was a really difficult, hard person. And they felt God saying to them, I really want you to love this person. And so they went through this period of months of really loving this person. This person was sarcastic and hurtful and did all this bunch of stuff, and a work colleague that you just didn't want to be around. And so they always respond with grace and mercy, try and go the extra mile for this person, do good things for them, show them love, thinking that I'm going to break through to this person. God's called me to love this person, and I'm going to break through to them. Well, about after six months or a while of doing this, the person resigned and left the company. And the person thought, 
well, what was the point of that? You know, I did all this stuff and I couldn't see any change in that person at all. And then a while later, I can't remember how long she was telling me, so that morning tea with another staff member and they're talking about this person. So you remember that person, how difficult they were to work with? And the other co-worker said to them, you know, the way you treated that person, the way you loved them despite how difficult they were, that really spoke to me. It really challenged me about my own relationships. I learned so much from the way that you treated that person. What God calls us to do, we need to do. But we need to let go of the expectations of how God will use that. Another story I heard of a guy up in this big church and he was preaching and he was, had an author and he was telling a bit about his life story and how he'd gone to Sunday school and he'd been a real terror through the Sunday school and you know, the bane of every Sunday school teacher you know, and he was so played up. And as a teenager, he walked right away from the church and as a young adult, he was doing his own thing. To his life, he had a bit of a time of crisis. And then he said, during that time of crisis, there's a particular Sunday school teacher that came back to his memory and the things that she used to say to him about God, about the, particularly the story of the prodigal son and about how God loved him and was calling him home. And so he went back to church, found God, and his life was changed. He said that Sunday school teacher never got to hear the end of that story, never knew how her faithfulness had impacted him. The seed that she'd planted, God had used that in a particular way to change his life decades down the road. So as we do this, as we live out the, what God calls us, as we seek to hear God's voice, to trust that God loves us, that God likes us, that we can step out not being afraid to take risks, knowing that God is with us, not being condemning ourselves. We do it, though, letting go of expectations, knowing that we are jars of clay, but filled with the glory of God, and God will use us, but not necessarily in the way that we expect. God will work in our lives, but not necessarily in the time frame that we have. My last story is about a mother who was estranged from her adult daughter and grandchildren. And she prayed long and hard for a, for a reconciling of the relationship. And then the estranged daughter got back in contact. And they started talking and everything was great. She was back in relationship, having fun with her daughter, getting access to her grandkids again, and it was all good. But then things went down a bit. And she started arguing and they started to form the same pattern of relationship. And the mother despaired and said, you know, God, what are you doing? I had this, you know, I had this great relationship and now it's back down. You know, we're arguing and this and that. And in that time, she felt God say to her, felt God say to her yes but aren't you still in a relationship with your daughter now? Aren't you at least talking with her now? And the mother realised that she was in a relationship with her daughter. She was still talking, even though they were arguing, but their arguing was part of the normal ups and downs of every relationship. Her expectation that her relationship with her estranged daughter would now be suddenly fantastic was unreal. But God had given her another chance at an ongoing relationship with her daughter but one that she had to work at. One that would have its good times and its bad times. 
but it was another chance for another relationship and that God was in that. So we let go of what we expect and give thanks for what God is actually doing. So just to finish off, I encourage people, if you haven't read the book, to get it. It's a good book to read. It talks about how we can start to hear God's voice. All that stuff, all the things going on in our mind, we can start to quieten them down, hear God's voice, step out in faith, knowing that God is with us, God will use us, and then we can open our eyes and see God is using us, God is doing many things, and give thanks for that. And as we do that, we will know God's life and love, not only in our life, but in the lives of those around us. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you that when we say yes to you, that you do use us, but not always in the way that we want or expect. Give us eyes to see how you are using us or how you are using other people. Help us to let go of our expectations of what you should do or what results should happen when we walk your way and instead, out of love, follow you trusting that what you do will be good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.